0: What's up, guys? My name is Mark, and you found your way to the Out of Step SLC podcast. There's only a handful of good things about living in Utah, like the way Mormon girls think they can, air quote, save you. Close quote. The speed limit on Sundays goes up to 85 instead of 70 somehow. And everyone and their fucking dog is a professional photographer. But most of all, what I love about living here is the counterculture and the music scenes that I call home. I really think we have one of the hardest scenes in the nation simply because of the overwhelming need to resist the right wing religious culture that not only surrounds us, but tries to stifle us as well. Now, today, I want to talk about how I got introduced to the hardcore punk scene and how it kind of shaped me and changed uh, the trajectory of my life. Now, I have this really close uh, childhood friend of mine, and uh, my introduction really is around 2004, 2005, I would come down from Utah County down to Salt Lake, and I would spend like you know friday night or the weekend with him and we would play like halo and he would show me all kinds of these crazy music videos like he showed me uh pray for plagues music video uh from bring me the horizon which i fell in love with we we sat there and debated as to whether or not it was a straight edge band just because of the name of the song which you know looking back i just shake my head and I'm just like oh my god you guys on top of that he would burn me a bunch of cds because he would just go to target and buy like everything in the alternative punk rock metal whatever he would just buy all of it, come back to his place, burn a bunch of CDs, and then every time I came over, he would send them home with me uh, with recommendations as to uh, which ones to listen to first. I mean, he introduced me to Rise Against... Stick to Your Guns, Casey Jones, Throwdown, Arm for Battle, Anti-Flag, The Ramones, along with some emo bands like uh, From First to Last, Chiodos, Hawthorne Heights, Taking Back Sunday. And I just loved it, you know, because he actually had internet, right? Back then, not everybody had internet. I came from a poor family we did not have internet. So all of my information gathering was entirely reliant on him and the band shirts that I saw at school. And if I saw somebody, if I saw a lot of people wearing a shirt for one particular band, I would talk to him about it. And he would get me a cd he you know somehow he'd figure it out and i'd i'd give it a listen and it really became probably the healthiest obsession that i've ever had and it was definitely the best rabbit hole that i've ever gone down like i mentioned i mean it changed the trajectory of my entire life from ignorant very naive little mormon boy to think for myself question everything and actually stand for shit that matters and that was really tough because i grew up in it's not so small now but it used to be a really small heavily religious town in utah county and it was the kind of town with dudes that are super short driving massive diesel trucks that are like seven inch lift with a half can of grizzly in their lip. Right. And I really was the outcast, um, for a really long time. Once people, more people came, I met a, a group of, of kids that, you know, we all skated together and shit, but for the lo- for a long time, it, it was like just me. And I tried to introduce it to my friend group that I developed at the time and they just they weren't into it and <laughs> sorry boys if you're listening but i mean you you guys were good mormon boys you were like <laughs> that i i'm not gonna argue it with you you guys were good mormon boys and and it made me feel like even more of an outsider because like I got my hands on a Minor Threat album and was like, oh my God, guys, you got to listen to this. This is so fucking cool. This is from like 1980. And they would just kind of look at me like, "Uh, I don't know what the hell he's yelling about. I don't like this. So I eventually, it took a while, but eventually I just stopped trying to introduce them. Most of it, they just didn't like. So it made me feel more alone out there. And I think as a result, it hardened my stance on this kind of music and rebellion. Even when I didn't know what it was I was rebelling against, I was just rebelling. I mean, I think I think honestly the mentality at that point was just, fuck the world. And my parents didn't like it. There was a lot of societal pressure out there to go into the church and i think i think it was just kind of a culture of this is what you do you know you go you buy your house you have your kids you take them to church the american dream that doesn't exist anymore and they didn't like that i started to question everything i mean i hated going to church even even really before i got introduced to this music i hated going the stories never made fucking sense. They were always telling me what to do. And I've always been a pretty defiant person. So as I started questioning these beliefs and asking questions that they couldn't answer, like there are so many fucking holes in that faith. And when you point them out, they they have nothing. A common response that I got was, oh, pray about it. And at the time I did, and guess what? Nothing happened. Nobody's up there. <laughs> Nobody's fucking listening. It's it's easier to believe in the old gods and the universe, but that's a completely different fucking tangent. So with hardcore and punk being as aggressive as it is my parents had listened to a uh they had gotten into my cd stash i I just distinctly remember coming home one day from school and my dad he was fucking livid and he holds up the rise against cd that my buddy burned for me and it was siren song of the counterculture he looks me dead ass in the eye and he's like thank you for bringing the F word into this house. And like fucking threw the CD across the room. And I'm standing there like, what the fuck just happened? I I just got back from school and you're losing your shit on me. Like not going to lie. There was a part of me that thought I was about to get my ass kicked. I didn't grow up in a physically abusive household, but my dad and dad, if you're, if you're listening it, it, it is what it is very authoritarian and one hell of a temper and they dove more into my cds and you know it was labeled as devil music they didn't even bother to really listen to the message and if they did bother to actually listen to the message They'd understand that it was a quite, quite a positive one that was telling you to question your beliefs, question everything around you, and make your own decision. Think for yourself. Don't be bossed around and led around like a fucking sheep. But they couldn't be bothered to see that because if it was a swear word... They lost it. So I started hiding. (laughs) I hid my CDs. Uh, And if if I couldn't take them to school with me, if my bag was too full, I would just fucking hide them somewhere because I was sick of them throwing them out. This was my life at this point. And it bled over very quickly into the church because in those towns, for those of you that have grown up in small towns, you know exactly what I'm fucking talking about. Gossip fucking everywhere everybody knows everybody and everything they're fucking doing bored fucking housewives that are too staunch to like start drinking wine or something to help the time pass instead they'd rather gossip and so they're to get a lot of like nasty rumors going around and about me and my family and Naturally, you know, we were treated differently when we were going to church and (laughs) basic Christian bullshit. Uh, I mean, I was refusing to wear my Sunday best. Fuck. I I call ties the yoke of oppression. I hate it. Uh, The the youth leaders started getting really concerned and would come over regularly to check on me and shit. And I was confused because I'm like, why? Why are you so why are you so on me like this? To this day, I still don't understand because it's not like I got caught smoking or shooting up or drinking. I still had the beliefs of, you know, I don't want I don't want to drink. I don't want to smoke. I don't want to, you know. So really, they had no reason to be concerned. It was still a lot of pressure to get me to go to church, to get me to go to these activities. And it just drove me to go further and harder with it, and I would, <laughs> I would just start arguments with them for no reason. It just to fuck with them, really. That's I, it's that's one of my favorite pastimes. You know, as this was going on, I didn't notice that my parents' marriage was starting to deteriorate. And that, looking back, that would honestly explain part of why my dad was always so fucking aggressive. Well, that's not the right word. Why he was so fucking angry all the time. And really there was only one really good thing that came out of that whole ordeal. And that was, they stopped giving a fuck. Suddenly I was able to grow my hair. Suddenly I could have my ears pierced. I could have my skinny jeans and band shirts and go to shows and, that was really the only good thing and i dealt with that trauma cuz that was not going to lie guys this was my sophomore year the like the first 2 weeks of my sophomore year in high school so there's a lot going on there and i dealt with this trauma through art skateboarding and hardcore music I was (laughs) I always had my skull candy skull crushers with the bass boost turned all the way up either skating down these godforsaken dusty ass roads or whether I was like watercolor painting or whatever I was I took every chance to lose myself in music and art and As a result, I started getting way more involved with the scene because I was able to start going. You know, I I wasn't being met with so much resistance every step of the way. I I think they realized, honestly, that this was how I was dealing with it, was going to these shows, getting in these mosh pits, you know, expressing myself the way that I was. And... You know, yeah, I had a chip on my shoulder. I still kind of do. But the people that I met at the shows, I mean, I made a lot of friends there. And it felt nice to be around people who were like me, to be around other outcasts and to just be able to relate to somebody and then just go and have fun in the fucking mosh pit. That's all it was. You know, that's that was super important to me. There was a show at Club Sound and Sleeping Giant was on stage. And uh, I remember he in between songs, he uh, he went on this like diatribe type deal, this riff of how you don't need like organized religion to be happy and it's detrimental and yada, 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 yada. Well, standing there, I just I was kind of paying attention, but not really and i was thinking this is my church this is where i belong you know this is this is home i don't want to leave here i love being in this environment these days i understand you know that you don't need a church or a god to be happy me personally i'm an atheist yeah i've seen too much i've been through too much i'm an atheist and in this state you're basically brainwashed from an extremely young age to behave and believe in a very specific way. And for people like me, it's not good enough. It's it's not going to work. And all that's going to happen is we're going to push back as hard as we fucking can. And it galvanizes you. The journey of getting away from the church and undoing all the damage that has been caused in your brain is long and it's painful and it's riddled with anxiety. I had members of my family turn their backs on me and to this day still won't speak to me. And I got—I finally got out of that whole thing when I was 23. And honestly, I have hardcore to thank for that. Having something that challenges you and your belief system is incredibly healthy and incredibly important. Hardcore did that for me and put me on a road to think about my life and how my actions affect others and what I can do to encourage others to find themselves, express themselves however the fuck they want. And that's that journey is why I believe we have one of the hardest core scenes in the country. And I'm not going to say the hardest cuz that's probably somewhere on the East Coast, but we're definitely like top 3, top 5. Because the the kids that are in this scene specifically here in you here in Utah, you have family turn their backs on you you get kicked out of the house you have to go through so much shit on all sides just to be yourself that it galvanizes you and you stand against the establishment as hard if not harder than the establishment stands against you it's fucking tough out there So that's why we got to take care of each other and lift each other up. Encourage those around us to just think the scene here is very accepting. And, you know, it's made such a positive change in my life that I want to share that with other people. So reach out to those who feel dejected and outcast and bring them in, you know, give give them a place to go because it'll be a really positive impact on them. All right, guys, that does it for this week's episode. Thank you for listening. Please leave a comment and a rating on your way out. I really want to know what you guys think. Uh, Find me on Twitter at MarkTheImposter. And until next time, we'll see you in the pit.